2: The holiday period is in the books, uh, but we are not stopping fantasy basketball coverage. We are coming back to you guys to recap the industry pickup week 10 and where we are sitting at, what we're doing with our fantasy basketball teams going into 2024. Let's go! Jordan, open. talking about right.
0: crack
2: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are going uh, again, you know, been a couple of weeks since we've done a, a show like this because of the holiday period and, uh, you know, lots of things happening around Christmas and New Year's. But we are back to review myself and Adam King from Fantasy Basketball International reviewing the industry pickup league. And uh, let's get the great man in here and... Uh, Talk to him about the industry pickup league, Adam. How are you, mate?
1: Uh pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Back to work tomorrow, so that that's a negative. Um, Ooh, yeah, and, and I'll I'll warn listeners, viewers, you are probably going to be far more chipper than me today when we're talking about our teams and our matchups.
2: Well, it's flipped this this time around because last time we did do one of these uh these podcasts was when we versus each other and you got the better of me, beating me yes. I think, five four that week. But uh, it's yeah. been two weeks since then and. Uh, the luck has flipped around the other way, um, which is, uh, I guess, sometimes the way that fantasy goes, but um, I'm sure we'll get stuck into that uh, in a second. Um, how, how's your holidays been? How's Christmas and New Year's and everything been like that over at your place?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty relaxed. I uh, didn't do too much. Um, went to my in-laws. They, they live a couple of hours away, so we were away for a few nights down there, but... Basically, just hanging around home, um, doing some bits and pieces, some painting, a lot of yard work, that sort of thing. Um, And then, as I said,
2: back to work tomorrow, unfortunately. I am the same, unfortunately. Straight (laughs) back into the thick of things. Uh, But let's uh, get off the holidays and talk about the Industry Pickup League. We'll recap. I'll I'll throw it over to you. We'll get the... The uh, the bad taste out of our mouth first. Uh, let's recap. Maybe we'll we'll focus a bit more on um last week, but just in general over the last two weeks since we did one of these podcasts, how has the team fared? Uh, from your point of view,
1: uh, it's been a frustrating couple of weeks. So so last last well, the week before this one that we're going to talk about, I played Josh. Uh, Josh is still atop the standings despite losing this week. Um. And looking back at it, I feel like I really missed an opportunity uh, to win because anyone who's been listening to this knows my team and knows what my strengths are. And I lost blocks and oh. I lost rebounds to Josh's team. And I went through and looked at our our block and rebound numbers from, well, this week just gone and previous weeks, and I would have beaten him in every other week. Oh, so isn't that just shitty? It was. Would- the one week when Benyama didn't play, yep. um, play much, and I can't remember exactly, but two categories that I really should have won, which would have given me a victory because he beat me 6-3, so I would have
2: beaten him 5-4. So that
1: was a frustrating week. Um and then this week,
2: yeah. Played- belief, uh, so I'm just looking at your stats here, and the viewers can see it on the screen on YouTube. You, you had 38 blocks for the week, and I'm pretty sure you basically doubled that the week before when you yeah. versus me. And you had 70 plus or something like that. So that's a, that's a wild dip from week to
1: week. I did, which is, and I had 52 yeah. this week. So oh, it was yeah. it was just the yeah, it was just a bad week in two categories. Um, and then this week I played Dan Titus, who who is last. Uh, and he beat me 5-4, and I won my categories. So I won my field goals, I won my rebounds, I won my blocks, I won my turnovers. So the categories that I should be winning, and then steals, which is the sort of that iffy category for me. Um, We were close for most of the week, and then he just pulled away, and I'm looking through my roster now. And for the week, DeJounte Murray got three steals. Eh. Jalen Johnson got one. Wembenyama got one. Marcus Smart was good. He got 12. Drew Holiday got two. Josh Giddy got none. Yusuf Nurkic got none. Yep. So just these guards that I'd be expecting to get me sort of four or five steals for the week got me... Nothing and so I lost by about 10 steals. I, I was ahead until yesterday, I think. Yes. In steals. And, and and I'm,
2: then... I'm looking here at some of his players. Like he's got Torian Prince, six steals for the week, yeah. uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, seven steals for the week. Yep. Um, yeah, some players that you wouldn't typically consider guys that are big steal players. Um, yeah. Sort of pulling them out of nowhere. Three steals for <laughs> Bobby Portis. Um, yeah, Larry yeah. Markman had the four. He's not normally a big steals guy. So yeah, it is, it, I guess it goes to show again, and less than that. You know, a lot of us have learned or, or are continuing to learn that those defensive stats, the blocks and steal numbers are very variable week to week, um, yeah. day to day, as well as season on season. So, um, yeah, difficult to rely on them on, on any given week, uh, especially if, you know, you need both at the same time, which is probably the case for both of our teams, which <laughs> is always a yeah, fun yeah. experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it it was frustrating. So it was it was another week where I feel like I could have won. That makes and that would have made it three wins in a row if I'd beaten Josh and then beat. So, but luckily for me, Alex Raclean lost seven two, and so I actually moved ahead of him in the standings this week despite losing. um, And I don't. Is it top eight, make the finals? Can you confirm?
2: In in this league, it is top six, uh, make it to the the playoffs. (laughs) So, yeah, I was, yeah, I think you might be a little bit far out. So, you're 17 and there seems to be a bit of a gap forming now. So, there seems to be a pretty clear top eight in this league now. So, you've got Josh and um, uh, Dinkmeyer, Drew Dinkmeyer over at uh, one and two. They're kind of comfortably number one and number two, looking like they're probably going to have that bye week in the playoffs unless something major changes. Then you've got myself and Rhett Bauer. Rhett's at three, I'm at four. And there's a little bit of a gap between this big cluster of teams um, from five. I think there's a three-way tie actually for fifth with B-Dub, Noah Rubin, and Mike trying to watch the boxes. All tied at 10.5 points behind. And then Mike Barnard, just one um, win away from that at 11.5 at 8. And then there's a gap between him with 11.5 games behind Josh to yourself at 17. So yeah. a bit of a tough gap to make up, especially considering how close a lot of the uh, matchups are at mm. this point of the year. Is is this the point where you kind of go, I don't know, like is there is there a Hail Mary play you can sort of consider or is it at the point sort of now where you go, I don't want to stuff the rest of the league up by... Doing, yeah. doing something silly, or, or what, what's your thought process here?
1: Yeah, look, it, it's I'm at that point where I need to make a decision of, yeah, if I want to push into the playoffs, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some luck. Like I'm gonna need the teams above me to have some seven two losses or eight yeah. one or whatever it might be. So I'm going to need some luck, but maybe it is that I can give up some of my blocks. To someone like maybe I could look to trade someone like a Brooke Lopez. I, I'm really hesitant to part with Chet or Wemby because they're, they're yeah, just so much they're, fun. They're so um, dominant. Yeah. So maybe I could look to, to move Lopez um, and, and get a guard back someone that gets me some steals and assists. Cause I am, I have got Marcus Smart back now and, and he has helped my assist numbers. Fultz is close um, he's perennially just like he's just he's, he's always
2: on the, the the cusp, and it feels like he's yeah, been close yeah. to being back for two weeks now, and he's just still yeah. not. Yeah, which is frustrating. Um, it is, yeah. Um,
1: so, so maybe I could do that. That's probably all I've got. Uh, I have managed to pick up some good waiver wire. Uh, I, p- I added Delon Wright, The big Drummond sort of acquisition as well. Yeah. Drummond has been amazing. <laughs> um, Nick Richards has been good. Dayron Sharp, other than today, where he weirdly. Played like eight minutes or something. I didn't see the game. I don't know why he
2: only played eight minutes. Maybe it was a matchup. Um, a matchup I, I thing. I game don't know. Either, But yeah, but Ness have been doing some funny things with their rotations, trying to sneak yeah. in some rest without actually resting players from the uh, the games played point of view. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, but then all those guys you mentioned there, a lot of them like big guys, you know, the rebounds and all those other stats, but not, I mean, maybe Drummond a little bit more so than the others, but not necessarily the other guys contributing to your steals and assist numbers, which are those yeah. differentiating factors for you in a lot of these matchups.
1: Yeah, so so I think that might be my play here is that I might look to move uh, Brook Lopez for a, a top 50 guard who can get me some steals and assists, so I'll, I'll go and hunt around and see who's available and who might need some blocks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's probably the, the the level of play that I think you're probably going to have to make. But at the same time, you know, yeah, it, it will still take some luck. And uh, yeah. I, I was starting to look at the standings today, and it does it does kind of seem like yourself, Rakeen, um, uh Alex Berutha and Dan Titus are sort of you know, forming a bit of a pack down the back there where it, it will take something pretty special to sort of get yourself back into it. Yeah. But crazy things can happen. Um, I've managed, so since we caught up last time and I lost to you, I had did some soul searching and uh, went back and sort of had a stern talking to with a bunch of my players. And, um, you know, the theme of last time we caught up was injuries for my team. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, outside of this random Evan Mobley um, injury which I got fleeced on the trade with, at least at the moment. My team more recently has been a bit more healthy, which has been a nice surprise. So I in my most recent matchup had a seven two victory over uh, Alex Perutha and the week before I had a six three victory over um uh beat up from Fantasy Basketball International. So I've at least beaten one Aussie so far this year, lost to yourself and Josh, but <laughs> beat 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 up. Um, To reflect on that matchup first, there was a point where I was deciding or not whether I can push it to a 7-2. There was a scenario that if I, on the final day, if I started Scoot Henderson over a, um, who did I start? I think it was Wendell Carter Jr. I would have got, he had three steals on the last day. I ended up losing by two steals and winning by two turnovers. He had, I think three turnovers to Wendell's one or two or something like that. I would have just scraped through at 7-2, but at the end of the day, I'm still pretty happy with a 6-3. I ended up benching um, Fox and Sabonis on the final day to secure the win in turnovers. Thought, I thought I would do that rather than chase the, the two steals that I would have lost, and I think that ended up being the right decision in the end, uh, which made the difference between a 5-4 and a 6-3. And then this week... Going up against um, Barutha, my team just suddenly turned into one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. I don't know what happened, but by far my best three-point volume shooting of the week. I hit 72 threes this week, and I think the week I versed you, I barely scraped to 30. So, um, yeah, going to take that. Going up against Alex's team, who's a very heavy punt bigs team, I do... Think I got a little bit lucky. Maybe Alex was caught up in a bit of holiday um, celebrations because there was a few times that he left a few, you know, good players on the bench there. Namely, um, uh, it was a Julius Randle and Dennis Schroeder missed a couple of big games from them, and he was, you know, a bit short on the games played limit. So um, I don't know. Maybe his. <laughs> uh, you know, priorities are not quite on, on this team at the moment. I benefit as a result there, but I did have a pretty good week, and the team is looking pretty nice with a few healthy players going on at the moment. Um, so yeah, that was sort of my my recap of the of mm. the of the matchup. Moving forward, who who have you got next week? Actually, we'll, we'll start there.
1: Uh, So I've actually got, uh, I've already looked at this. So I've got Mike Barner next week. Uh, So he's he's eighth, I'm ninth. And and as you said, there's a bit of a gap there. There's about five games between us. So this week is in theory an opportunity for me to close that gap. If I could somehow get like a 6-3 win, it feels unlikely with my build, but um, then I could close to within two games of him and then maybe one of Beat up Noah, or, or Mike Petron can have a, a nice hefty defeat. Um, yeah. Maybe I can just close that gap to sort of two games instead of five or six. So it's sort of a key week, I think, for me and – And I'm already
2: looking at uh, at trade targets while we're talking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good news for you is that there are some big matchups this week with some of the better or teams at the top versing some of those teams that are in your way with... um, myself going up against Noah. So I'll, I'll do my best and I'll, I'll pull one out for you, King, and I'll try and see if I can beat Noah, like yep. a 6-3 or a 7-2 for you. And then um, Rhett Bauer is going up against Mike, who obviously Rhett's uh, up the sort of the top third place at the moment as well. Um, so hopefully for yourself there, that can be that can be two teams that maybe get a loss and if you get a win. But I do think as well, you do have to try and strive for those 6-3s more so than the 5-4s because... At this stage, I'm not sure if that's going to move the needle or not. Is that something that you're considering in terms of like not settling for those five fours and and you know, potentially risking losing and in, in trying to go for a 6-3 win as opposed to a 5-4 win? Yeah,
1: well, I guess that's a risk, a slight risk, if, if I, I take by trying to move Brook Lopez, is it really brings my blocks down to Wemby and Chet, and that's it. I've, I've only got two players to fall back on. So yep. it doesn't really impact my rebounds a whole lot because... Lopez tends to not get more than about five or six rebounds a game. So um, I am potentially risking blocks here to try and get steals and assists um, over the line. Uh, Fultz being back would really, would be nice this week. But uh, as you said, he's been questionable or or close for about three weeks now and, and still hasn't played. played so um, yeah look there's maybe a little bit of risk here but if if it can get me a a 6-3 victory then that would be Nice, um, but given how this season's called, I'm not confident at all. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it will be a tough, bit of an uphill uphill battle. But that that does sound like you know the the plan that's laid out in front of you, and whether or not it works out, uh, I do think that that logic stays pretty sound. Um, as, as for my team this week, I'm looking ahead, and it seems as though we've got a very busy schedule in the NBA. A lot of my top-end players have four games, so I'm going to have to make a lot of decisions in terms of starting or benching some of my guys. So, for example, Fox, uh, Scotty Barnes, Giannis, Sabonis, uh, Derek Lively all play four games. Um, Players like Suggs, Bradley Beal, who's been back, finally playing um, decent basketball. Um, Aaron Gordon, his team's playing four games. I don't know if he's back from his... You know, dogs savaging him and. and
1: Yeah, I think he plays tomorrow.
2: That was one of the weirdest injuries I think I've ever read. Uh, yeah. Randomly, I was like, oh, okay, that's um, that's an interesting one. But he, yeah. he might be back and he has four games. Scoot's been playing a lot better. He's got four games. I've got a lot of players with four games. So, for me, it's going to be that I'm not, probably not going to be streaming very much this week, uh, but more so a lot of agonizing decisions on to whether or not I mm-hmm. um, play certain players. I do believe I'm going to be pretty comfortable in blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, Um which I normally am most weeks. So it's going to come down to whether or not I can get him in points. Scored pretty well this week. I I was towards the top, I want to say. Um, Yes, I was fourth in points scoring. I would have beat Noah fairly comfortable this past week, but he also didn't have Joel Embiid play at all this week, I want to say as well. Um, So it will come down to how healthy Embiid is. But if I can get points, steals, and assists, that would give me a nice 6-3 victory there, which is, I think... A possibility, um, but it's whether or not I'm looking to chase that or not to really lock myself in, or if I want to concede, you know, scoring or something like that. To um, you know, maybe play a Chris Paul over a Bradley Beal, or play you know one of those types in terms of like consolidating my uh, go-to stats. That's kind of the decision that I have to make this week and whether or not I'm going to be greedy or not. We'll sort of let the first part of the week sort of play out and see how things mm. go early on, and I think that'll help me dictate my decision.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a weird schedule this week. It's very, very high-low. Um, yep. So I think there's a 12-game slate, a 14-game yep. slate, a and two. then there's a 2, 4, and a 6. Yeah. Um, so they're the days when we're going to have to look at who do I bench? And then on those low-volume days, do I play no one so that I can play a full roster the next day? Uh, and it'll be much the same for me. I'll see how the week goes, the first half of the week, and then have a look at where I'm close, where I'm if, if I'm not even close in assists, I won't bother playing my guards. Um, but fan tracks do the, the projected standing or projected scoring kind of thing where you can look at what it thinks the result will be. For the week, and and I, I sort of deduce this from looking at my team and Mike's team and our, where we're sitting in terms of season stats, and I th- I think we're pretty close. Like this week could be an opportunity, as I said, for me to win six three, um, but on the flip side, he could also win six three or seven two because we're we're pretty close in percentages, uh, rebounds, steals. I should get blocks. Um, So there'll be a couple of categories where where it'll be, um, like this week, it could be if my guards just decide not to get any steals and he has someone who just pulls six steals um, out of their backside, then that could be the difference.
2: Yeah, 100% it could be the difference. I am just looking at Mike's team uh, here at the moment as well and looks pretty healthy outside of the injury to Darius Garland, who is still probably not supposed to play this week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think both pretty even from that front. With him missing Garland, you missing Markel Fultz. So, pretty pretty even and fair matchup, I would say. I, I'd expect Drew Holiday. He's got the little red flag against you. I expect him to be back uh, the next game. You would hope. I do believe the Celtics play three games that week, so um, we'll see there. Do you, do you know any news about what's going on with Joel Embiid? Is he is he back as of next game?
1: Uh, I haven't heard on on him. I'm not too sure. Um, so he's missed four straight in a row. Whether he's back, yeah. There's a few few players. Uh, I know Jabari Smith has been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow, so that's an indication that he's he's back either tomorrow or the next game. Um, uh, yeah, a few players seem to be dealing with this this illness that's going around, and it's keeping them out for multiple games. Um, Donovan Mitchell missed almost two weeks I think a week and a half um Anthony Simons has already been ruled out for tomorrow with an illness they're very clear on saying this is not COVID Yeah, but are they just saying that because the players aren't testing
2: <laughs> Yeah, just... well, I don't even know why we need to do this thing anymore I don't know like yeah it's it's it, they're sick all right cool they're sick they're too yeah. sick to play that's that's cool we get that um yeah. but yeah anyway I digress um yeah, I, I do think, so one thing I do want to touch on before we, we sort of wrap it up on, on this one today is just sort of the value of, you know, now that we've got sort of, what have we had, 10 weeks so far into the season, especially in, in, if you're in a competitive league such as the one that we're in now with people who are all very switched on and matchups often coming down to the wire. I, I do want to use this moment to sort of stress the importance of like, if you're by no means guaranteed to make the playoffs or anything like that in the league you're yeah. in, the importance of like pushing for every single like category win possible. So, for example, it's something I've been very conscious of that even if I am going to go down, um, you know, and lose a week, or if I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm going to win at least five four, not selling for that, and still trying to stay on top of trying to make sure that I'm getting that instead of a, a five four win, I try and push for a six three. If I'm going to lose, but I'm trying not to lose. I'll I'll try and get that fourth category and and make sure that I'm staying in the hunt there. And I think so far, you know, my record is I'm probably close to 500 in terms of wins and losses. I think I've lost to maybe three or four teams so far this year. But I've had a few wins where I've won 6-3 and and this last one 7-2. And I've only had one week where I think I've lost worse than a 4-5. So um, for the most part, I think that is a big part of keeping yourself afloat in a competitive league like that. That is a, um, uh, I always get confused each category uh, league. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is.
1: That's, that's right. Um, it's, and in these competitive leagues, it can, one big win can make a, a big difference in, in another competitive league that I'm in. I was eighth coming into the week. I won seven, two, and I'm now fourth. So yeah. I've, jump way up the standings. Um, And it's similar, as you've said, in our league. There's a bunch of teams there. So there's an opportunity for a team that's sitting seventh or or Mike, for example, this week, who's eighth. If he has a big win and a couple of those teams above him have a big loss, then he could open up a sort of a a two or a three-game gap between him and move into fifth or sixth. So, um, and if... Another thing I'd sort of say, and, and this is, I guess probably more related to uh, leagues that are slightly less competitive, but be aware of your opposition and who you're playing. Because if you're up against someone who is notorious for not setting their lineup or um, benching, like playing the wrong players or whatever it might be, You can sneak categories, so you can have a look and go, I'm going to win these categories pretty easy, so bench some players, win turnovers, because if they're not playing players, they're obviously not going to get a lot of turnovers. So just have a a sort of – pay attention to what your opponent is doing Um, and don't always just go gung-ho and load up your roster because there are – or, or there can be an advantage sometimes to bet as you
2: said in in that matchup where you had to win turnovers you bench some players
1: yeah, yeah. Um, a difference between a and five
2: four win a 6-3 six, six, win like I, I still was going to win at the end of the day yeah but I, I wanted to make sure that I got that extra category yeah. points because at the end of the season it might be a difference between making the playoffs or not in a, in a league like this um, yeah. yeah
1: and I get asked on Twitter I'm sure you do people will say is If someone is benching players to win turnovers, is that cheating? Oh Oh, hell no! That's that's no. It's part of fantasy. It's it's how it all works. So it's yeah. Don't don't ever feel guilty or bad for doing it. Um, If your opponent is is not setting their lineup and it looks like you're going to have ten more games than them, just have a look and hey, I'm going to win these categories easily anyway. Just bench some of your your sort of lower guys. to, to try and stay competitive in, in turnover. All percentages, it can ha- it can work for percentages as well.
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and especially in a week like this when we've got some, uh, and, and in leagues like ours where you've got the games cap format, um, you know, looking at your opponent and like, I, I knew I was going up against Alex Baruta this this week and I was going to dominate him in rebounds. Like, I yeah. I doubled him in rebounds this week. Um, I thought I'd win more handily in blocks, but, you know, Brandon Ingram decided to become a block monster this week. But, <laughs> outside of like, like those two categories and field goal percentage, I knew I was going to walk all over him in those because he's a heavy punt field goal, big um, team. I'm a heavy punt free throw team. So, we're kind of polar opposites in that point of view. Um, so when it came to start sit decisions, like I was sitting players like Derek Lively. I was sitting players like Onyeka Kongu and these guys that typically if I was to look at my team, they would be, you know, the best players on my team. But their rebounds and blocks had far less value to me. So I'm playing players like um, yeah, uh, Chris Paul or... or um like a Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I played it a few times to get those extra steals, to get those extra threes where I thought I could get an extra category win. When you know, in a different matchup, I would choose to do other players on top mm. of them because I might have no chance of winning threes. Um, so it, all those kind of things, especially like when you've got twelve and fourteen game days, and you've got to make decisions on who's on your starting uh, roster and who's on the bench. Um, a lot of the times they might be different in ranking, but the worst-ranked player might be better in that matchup than the guy who's a better-ranked player. So do always consider that as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anything else that you wanted to... uh, Any more wisdom you want to impart onto these people? Or actually, another question I'll have for you. Is there anything that you regret sitting now where you are at the moment? Um, Do you feel like you maybe could have moved on from, like, an Asar Thompson or some of those other guys a little bit earlier um, to keep you a little bit higher up the standings? Or is there... You know, with with the you know hindsight now, is it something you wish you would have done prior to the spot you're in now to maybe push yourself up a bit higher in the standings?
1: Yeah, look, probably the SR one is probably the obvious one. Um, I did drop him this week, yeah. and uh, that was probably a, just a bit of stubbornness. Um, he was so good to start the season. I, yeah, I was just holding out hope that Detroit would would sort of experiment a little bit and then come back to him, but they haven't done that. They've He's, he's, ba- he's barely playing. Um, yeah, well, so, was, they were so desperate to get that win. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I still do think that he will have value again this season. I, I think uh, whether it's February or March, there's going to be a period where he's playing 30 minutes again. I don't know when it comes, but
2: uh, yeah, uh, I've had to move on from him. He's and, on my watch list. Telling, he's on my watch yeah. list.
1: Yeah, I think put him on your watch list, and I've been telling people for weeks to drop him, but then been holding him myself. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It, I, I have moved on from him. Um, yeah, look, I mean, there are some regrets, and, and go back, go back as far as draft day, and say, well, yeah. I probably could have um, drafted, or, or it was a, um, it was a snake draft. So I probably, yeah, yeah there, there was some. Players I probably could have gone a little bit higher for and maybe like Josh Giddy, that's a regret. I didn't really need to get him, but yeah, that's hindsight.
2: And it's a competitive league. So it's, it's, it's a hard league. Everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Small little slip ups can, can be a big difference in a league like this. I think, um, I think, I think it is always good to reflect, though, in terms of, like, in different situations. Like, if you were Josh's team and you had Asah Thompson, then, you know, you can hold him on. But but I do think this is another a point that I do sometimes stress. And when people ask me questions, a lot of the times I'm, you know, well, where are you sitting in your league? Like, what is this person, you know, can you afford to hold it? Is your league competitive? Like, how likely are you to make the playoffs? These questions are all very important for me to ask to give you the best most accurate response, because in your situation, holding a star, in my opinion, probably was something that needed to be dropped a few weeks ago. But if yeah. you're in Josh's position, you can afford to wait and in case things flip, you know, you, you haven't dropped someone who's going to be really valuable. But if you're sort of in this pack where you're fighting to make the playoffs, um, you, you, you can't afford to risk something completely falling apart for the chance that it comes off. Whereas if you're sitting up the top here, as one of these top two guys are you can afford to wait on some of these guys. And, and that's shown by, you know, Josh picking up a player like Jordan Poole, whereas, you know, you and I probably weren't considering adding him when he was dropped because it was just a bit risky and we needed that immediate certain production right now.
1: Yeah. And, and I think
2: another guy that I held
1: maybe a little bit too long, not, probably not a, as much or, or as obvious as Asar Thompson, is um, Kyle Lowry. I held him for a while and that's because I was just desperate for those assists and steals. And, and he has been doing that, but... He's, he's had some injuries and, and he hasn't been as good in the last three weeks or whatever. So he's probably someone I could have moved on from a little bit earlier as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that will probably do it for us today, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you have any uh, questions, please drop them down in the comment section below. Let us know what your thoughts are on the industry pickup league in general. Do you think that I've got what it takes with a healthy roster and hopefully a healthy Evan mobley come playoff times if I can make it to take it out? Uh, I'm crossing my fingers that those things all can come true. But, uh, yeah, make sure you guys drop a thumbs up on the video here. Hit subscribe if you're watching over on YouTube and on the podcast, wherever you are listening. And uh, we'll be coming at you with another video going through some buy lows and sell highs shortly. And I'll see you then. Bye.